Our scripture today comes from Luke, and it tells a little bit of the story of John and of Jesus' baptism. The word of God came to John in the wilderness. John, the son of Zechariah, heard this word of God when Tiberius had been emperor for 15 years. This was when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Herod was ruler of Galilee, Herod's brother Philip was ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was ruler of Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas were the high priests. After hearing the word of God, John went out into the region all around the Jordan River, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The crowds asked him, what then should we do? In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share them with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what then shall we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what then should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. Now all the people were baptized. When Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, heavens opened. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove. A voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, my beloved, with you, I am well pleased. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Letter to 563, come thou fount.
Oh, people of God, it is good to be in your presence on this day of celebration. In our congregation, we have not traditionally placed a heavy emphasis on baptism, in part because we have disconnected baptism from membership in our centered set way of being church with each other. And so we do invite it as a sign of God's blessing, and we celebrate when, when those beloveds among us choose this sign, what we, we talk about in the Mennonite church as an outward sign of an inward transformation, this sign of God's blessing and of a covenant between God and me and me and my community. This text from Luke, when Jesus is getting baptized, is both an outward, it's a public sign, it's a public thing that's happening. He's with all of these people, and it is an extremely personal. In fact, I kind of saw this story in three movements. Baptism is political, and baptism is practical, and baptism is personal. At least it is for Jesus, and I think for all of us. So baptism is political. Um, many of you may have glazed over, as Debbie read, I mean, with as much animation as possible, Debbie, those names of those political leaders, Tiberius and Pilate and Herod and Philip. But what, what that says to me in this story is, one, it sets the context. This is the very particular political situation into which Jesus was coming and beginning his ministry. These were the people who were oppressing the folks who were in Jesus' community. These were, the, these were the particular years when that was happening. And what Jesus was saying is, my allegiance is not with Tiberius or Pilate or Herod or Philip. Our allegiance is not with Biden or Inslee or Harris or the powers that they represent in this world. It is with Jesus in the River Jordan and with that community of his followers then and now. Jesus was baptized in a particular time and place, and so are we. And Jesus came to offer a different way of being a leader, a different way of, a different kind of politics, in a sense. A kind of leadership that brought healing and preached peace and fed people and healed people and accompanied those who were the lost and the last and the least in his community. Jesus' ministry would claim that his relationship with God was what was the most important, not to those people who lorded over that community. And that baptism initiated Jesus' beginning into that new life. Just as I said, when we poured out the waters and the Holy Spirit descended, that was Jesus thrust then first into the wilderness and then into a ministry proclaiming a just peace, proclaiming and enacting a just peace. And for us, it is still political. We, in this present time, we say it every Sunday, we both witness to and participate in a just peace for all of creation. God's vision for a just peace that we see enacted in Jesus. So we do that, we do that by 
being activists. We do that by marching and protests. We do that by feeding people. We do that by building housing and giving away our wealth that was only ours to steward and belongs with someone else. And we do so out of a primary allegiance to the realm of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Those things that we do, those are practical, because baptism is practical. Everybody was coming around John, and they were clamoring, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? John, like, tell us, what does this actually mean? When you say repent, when you say change your hearts and minds, like, what? Like, no, give me a job. And so John does. So uh, he, he talks about sharing what you have, not asking for more than you need. We would have, I would have hoped that when the soldier asked John, what should I do? I would have hoped John would say, well, put down your weapons. Do not participate in kill. But what he actually says is, don't extort people. Don't misuse your position of power in a way that would take advantage. He's telling these people not to participate in the devices of power and lord over people. When you lend, be generous. Don't ask for more than you need. Don't accumulate wealth. Take care of your community. Recently, um, we cleaned out the closets in our house. And I am positive, like many of you, we had so much more than we needed and so many bags of things to share with GLA or with Goodwill. Food to share. One of my favorite ways of being church in the South End is receiving baked goods from Greg and Laura when they make tamales or uh, scones or focaccia. It is good to be church with those folks who share what they have. And not only, I will say, not only with their neighbors in their church, but Greg and Laura, and I'm so sorry you're sick, folks. I don't know if you're watching. I hope you're feeling better. But you are good followers of Jesus in your community, offering mutual aid when called to. I love this movement of mutual aid that has been growing within these years of asking for what you need and receiving it and sharing what you have when you can share it. That is what we participated in last week when we said we are going to support this network of trans women who have shifted $800,000 over the last two years in low barrier care for their community. Yes, $800,000. But $800,000 is more. <laughs> they have shifted it to their community in in a way beyond what we could ask or imagine. This is the body of Christ that our young adults are being baptized into today, that those of us who have been baptized into continue to be called to. Mennonites in general are kind of a practical folk. You know, all of that alphabet soup of, of uh, our organizations in care and aid and development and peacemaking, MMA and MCC and MDS and CPT, and like many more, all of the Mennonite, all those Mennonite service and development and aid organizations that are, that are practically responding to the needs of folks 
in our local communities and in the world. But baptism is not only about the things that we do. It is really, it is about a relationship that we have with God. Baptism is personal. In that final moment when Jesus is baptized, he does it in community with others. There, his Jewish community is around him. His cousin and prophet John is beside him, ministering to him. But ultimately, it was an act of intimate blessing. I had always um, imagined this, and in fact, I portrayed it as a public moment. So John is still, I, I imagined it with, as John and Jesus still together in the river. And many of the Bible story books also, you see it this way, that at that moment is when the dove descends. And I had pictured that as like, well, everybody sees that, right? Like everybody sees and hears those words of Jesus. But the Bible doesn't actually say that. The Bible doesn't say, well, everybody heard the voice of Jesus. Everybody saw the spirit descending like a dove. But Jesus did. We know that for sure. Jesus saw and heard God's very real presence with him, proclaiming him beloved child and God's delight, God's pleasure in him. We don't hear about God's delight very often. It's possible that Jesus had gone off after his baptism to pray. We know, we all know also from scripture that it is, it's right after this that Jesus goes out into the wilderness. So it's very possible this, that this is really a very intimate moment between Jesus and God in which he hears that voice calling him beloved as he's about to embark on his ministry. There are times, and I don't know if you have experienced this too in my life, when I just long for that I hesitate to say sign, but I long for just like a real tangible feeling of God with me. And it has happened rarely, but sometimes like the rainbow comes at the right time or the butterfly lands or the bird sings. And I say, thank you. Thank you, God, for this gift that you've given me of your presence. And Jesus received that in a very concrete way. When I, one of the things that I connect this to, and I have no idea whether the author intended it, but I immediately think back on the moments of creation in the creation story when God has finished with creation and is resting on the seventh day and just says, oh, it's so good. It's so very good. God's delight in what has just been created including humans and i try to remind the youth every time i teach our whole lives which is our sexuality curriculum which we just finished up this year i say every time you are created in god's image and one of our values of owl is we do this because we are created in god's image god delights in us and wants us to be whole and healthy and re responsible and to do justice with our bodies we are good. And God saw Jesus and proclaimed that. And every time a beloved one among us is baptized, God is saying exactly that same thing. You are my beloved and I delight in you. When we bless children in this congregation, when we bless our infants, and I think both Zoe and Ben were blessed in this congregation as small children. Is that right, families? One of the things that we said over you 
when you were blessed was that your family loves you and your God loves you and this community of faith loves you. And when we baptize young adults or when we baptize adults, when we baptize anyone, we confirm that blessing. We say, God loves you, your family loves you, and this family of faith loves you and claims you. And the person who is baptized then gets to choose that same blessing. For those of us who are in this space, this celebration and blessing is an opportunity to reaffirm the choice that we made in baptism. For all of y'all who have not been baptized, it is an invitation to consider receiving that same blessing and making that same covenant. Because you, you are beloved. You are beloved and God delights in you. Thanks be to God.